0: Amen. We're going to go to the word of the Lord this morning. We're going to pick back up where we left off last Sunday morning, uh, talking about your part matters. And we're going to continue uh, finishing up what I was hoping to be last Sunday. (laughs) We'll finish that up and turn on a hinge, if you will, and continue talking about your part matters, but kind of taking a different uh, scripture basis from that. Uh, Mariah and and, uh, Grace are handing out some papers, that is a different paper, fill in the blank. If you're that type of person, that's a different paper from last week. We'll finish, up. we'll finish up your blanks from last week, okay? We won't leave you blank. We'll finish up your blanks from last week and try to endeavor to fill some other ones. And there's also just a little paper there about the broken key, amen, that we'll get to here in just a little bit. But to start from the same springboard as last week, I'm going to go to Romans chapter number 12 and read verses 4 and 5. And we'll be able to continue We'll be able to continue on uh, from there where we left off last week. If you remember, last week we kind of left off where we was talking about the scripture says that we should occupy till He comes, and that meaning uh, to occupy wasn't just a twiddling of the thumbs or uh, you know drinking sweet tea on the front porch type of occupying, but you can actually work while you wait. Work while you anticipate the coming of the Lord. So Romans chapter number 12, verses 4 and 5, as the same springboard we went from last week. Amen. And if I'm not mistaken, Hunter, we still on for this morning, man, to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll do that at the closing of this service, and we're looking forward to that, what God is doing to the Adams family. Amen. Romans 12, verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many... Are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. And so we started last week, Your Part Matters, talking about how we are a part of the body of Christ, each one of us, although we are an individual, we're part of something larger, the body of Christ, almost like, uh, I wouldn't ever call you this, but some might be a pinky finger or a heart or whatever you may call it, the the. the The relationship is there between the human body, how every part, every member of our body is important to make this a whole body. And so we'll continue with that uh, this morning and considering that today. If we'll pray, Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. I'm grateful today, Lord, to be in your house. I pray, oh God, that you're able to help us, Lord, in the next little while as we again, Lord, investigate the importance, Lord, of people, Lord, in their, Lord Jesus' role, Lord, in function, ability, and gifting, Lord, in this body of Christ. We're thankful, Lord, that you have placed each Lord in their particular place. God, each supply of God, what all of us, Lord Jesus, have need of in some way, in some form. God, I pray, Lord, that the anointing of your spirit, God, touch our minds today as we learn of you in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. And before I get started, do not forget here in the month of November, we have revival the 22nd through the 24th. Friday through a Sunday with the Sanfords will be here ministering the word of the Lord. So you don't want to miss the chance of those four series of services back to back to be able to be in revival. And so that'll be a wonderful time. As I said last week, we uh, left off talking about the Lord speaking about occupy until you come, which the word occupy literally means to busy one's uh, oneself with, with, with something, some type of activity or some type of role. And there is perhaps a a very good illustration of that in scripture, someone that was a occupier. Sometimes we give her a bad rap in the scripture, but her name is Martha. Uh, She is always known as the one that is working, doing feverishly, busying herself with things. But the reality of the, the situation is this. The problem, if we were to call it that, the problem isn't with Martha being a worker, Uh, but with her imbalance of not balancing her worker side, her server side, her ministering side, and her being ministered to side. So there has to be balance in our lives because she was constantly ministering or serving. As we learned last week, uh, the word minister just basically means to serve. She was constantly serving, but she never allowed herself to be in a position to be ministered to or served. And so that's one of your blanks from last week. She was constantly ministering. Without ever taking time to be ministered to. And you need both of those aspects. Because here's the thing. If you are constantly ministering. And if you are never sitting at the feet of Jesus. So to speak as as Martha uh, needed to be. If you're never sitting at the feet of Jesus. You're never filling back up to be able to give back out. You're never filling back up to be able to give back out. And so whenever... Uh, Juxtapose or different from Martha is her sister Mary who the Bible says that she left serving or she left ministering in order to be ministered to and she's found at the feet of Jesus and she's listening to what he has to say. and The Bible says that she was receiving at that moment that good part that could not be taken away from her. And so whenever you are being ministered to, uh, things are not necessarily being taken away from your life, but they are being added unto your life. And so we need both of those aspects, times when we are giving away, but times when we're receiving something that can be given away, something that can be shared. Because whenever you just live in the role of, of constantly serving and ministering, you're giving pieces of yourself away, you're going to find out you ain't going to have anything else to give. If you don't ever find a moment... Uh, to sit down, if you will, at the feet of Jesus and to receive something from Him. Now, with that being said, I'm not asking for every volunteer around here right now today to come up and say, Brother McGee, I'm ready for the receiving part, so, you know, I'll see you in a year from now. Okay, please. Uh, I'm glad we have people at different stages, you know, that are ministering and some that are being ministered to and that alters and changes from time to time. Uh, Rest is essential. You can, I I suppose, uh, enter that realm of what people call burnout. all right Uh, but as i have listed on your little blank is this because being ministered is essential it's impossible to burn out if you never actually been on fire (laughs) it's hard it's hard to be burned out if you never actually been on fire so uh, i guess it's possible uh, to serve and serve and deplete yourself uh, but uh, you, you got to you got to have been on fire somewhere along the way again focusing from romans verse number five there We could ask you this morning, we could go around and ask different people. Uh, We could ask Brother Pat this morning, ask him, where is your knee? And he could begin to explain to us where his knee is. Or I could ask Hunter today, where's your lungs? He would begin to explain to me, perhaps in the best way that he could, where his lungs were. And what I'm getting at is this. If I were to ask you that question, you're probably going to describe to me where those certain things are that I ask you. You're going to describe to me where they are in relationship to some other part of your body. By and large, you know, you're going to tell me, well, my lungs are kind of back in my chest cavity. And, you're, you know, you're going to start describing other pieces or parts of your body if I were going to ask you where your lungs are. And so one of the blanks on your, on your study guide there, if we could call it that today, is that any part of the body can really only be explained in reference to the whole body or another part of the body. Because the scripture even says in the body of Christ, we are members one of another. Uh, what happens when you smash your thumb with the hammer? Is it just your little thumb there going, ooh, hi, ooh? No. Your whole body in some degree is reacting to that smashed that smash thumb. Your whole body is reacting in some fashion to just what happened. Your mouth might be hollering out uh, because it's suffering. And as a result, much of the rest of the body to some degree is suffering or going to the thumb, right? You're grabbing it with your other hand. Uh, Trying to aid it, there's a ripple effect, if you will, that happens throughout the rest of your body. Amen, because your thumb is a part of the whole. And so whatever happens to it then has some type of impact to some degree upon the rest of your body. Let's say right now tonight, we're not going to practice this. But let's just say, let's just say Monday, Sister Sarah, that we don't want you or your team doing any more cleaning around the church. And we're just going to leave it at that. We're we'll going to let the dust collect where it will. The trash and crumbs that get on the floor just happen where they're at. And, you know, just let it be that. Effectively tonight, no more. Will that impact, will that impact super church in the back? Will, will that impact the musicians up here? Will that impact, let's say, even the growth of the church? Well, you might say, no, that's no big deal. You allow that to go. And we're going to be the first episode of church hoarders. <laughs> or church grime or whatever you know around here things because i guarantee you uh, these musicians use bottles of water up here and uh like two ha- humps of a camel of water you know i'm talking about and the little trash cans they have around here be overflowing there'd be water bottles all over the place there would be crumbs all over this floor people brought snacks for the kids and there, there those bathrooms whoo you might feel like you're stopping along some Truck stop on the back of the 90, yeah, somewhere along the way, it would start not to look very well. Amen. You would say, Well, clean the church because that janitorial or sanitation type side of the church. Yes, absolutely. It has an impact on everything we do. Those people, their function, their role is all a part of the body of Christ. It impacts other areas. It impacts other areas, just as whatever you may serve in or have a desire to serve in would impact other areas of the church. In Acts chapter number 6 and verse number 7, the Bible states these words, and the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. This is a common passage of Scripture in Acts chapter number 7 that we have given uh, attention to, but what the writer is writing here in verse number 7 in particular is that whenever attention was given to the word of God, of it increasing, whether that be quality or quantity, it increasing, there was a proportional thing that happened. The number of the disciples multiplied. Word of God increases, number of disciples multiplies. And so there's a relationship but one with the other. And so one of the blanks on your thing, increase the word and you will increase disciples. However, we got to back up a little bit. It's not just increase the word, increase disciples. We got to back up. Because the increase of the word happened because people helped or served in matters that needed helped or served with. Acts chapter 6 is talking about how the daily ministration or the serving of tables for the Greeks were being taken care of primarily by the disciples. And they sought out, the scripture says, seven men that were full of the Holy Ghost that could help in these matters. And whenever they started helping, that allowed the disciples to concentrate solely upon the word of the Lord in prayer. Look at it, Acts 6, verse number 2. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Verse 4 but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And so the disciples, what they were doing, they were doing the daily ministration for the Greeks, and they were also trying to pray and minister the word. And and what they said is, uh, we we find ourselves so taken this direction that we're leaving some of this stuff, you know, undone or not done sufficiently like we could do if someone would just take care of the daily ministration of the Greeks. And so they sought out seven men, as Acts 6 says, that, that were full of the Holy Ghost. It was a labor of love to come in and do the daily ministration. And whenever they did that, And then the 12 disciples were able to turn 100% of their attention to the ministry of the word and and praying. Then as the word of God increased, when we come to verse number 7, as the word of God increased, then the disciples were multiplied. So it's not just even a direct correlation between the word being, being increased, but it's because they could do that because they didn't have their hands in so many different things, you know, of ministering to the Greek. Somebody came and ministered to them and so they were able to put more attention here and the overall result was that disciples were multiplied among the early church and so there again in case in point one person service was affecting even the ministry of you even the disciples what they did so they could do it more sufficiently proficiently and it had an overall impact then for the whole body of Christ just because seven guys got involved in ministry seven guys got involved in serving tables. Amen. And that meant that those seven guys, uh, those parts that they had in that day, indeed mattered. Amen. What you do at the church, around the church, for the church matters. My my fingers on my hand are a whole lot more visible. uh, Well, let me say completely visible compared to the heart that's down here in my chest. All right. But that does not diminish the importance of the pumping of the heart that is in my chest. Some aspects of serving the church are more visible than others. Some is like me up here on a sunny morning, y'all staring at me. Then there's others that's behind the scenes. You never even see the person do what they did, but you know they've been there as a result of what's been done. And so, but, but it doesn't mean that one is more, than, more important than the other. Amen. Some are more visible than others. Yes, but the functions are important for each. And so, in your blanks is greater visibility and exposure often presents the liability of being hurt and damaged. Now, I got, you know, I got this right here. That's, that's how I smash my thumb. It's visible. It's out there. Right? It's out there. Now, I can damage my heart, improper eating, and, and so on and so forth. But this thing here, it's right out there. It's out there where it's going to be easily, uh, it's, it's liable to be hurt. It's liable to be damaged. Um, another little blink for yours. I think it might be the last blink of that paper. The on, Only the person who's who isn't rolling has time to rock the boat. Now, your part matters not just because of your contribution to the church, but it's been my experience, and I'd say Bishop would probably be able to say amen to this, is that it's important for you to be a part of something because when people are not a part of something, that gives them too much time to think and be critical of everybody else that is doing something. Amen. And so it's only the person that isn't rowing that has time to rock the boat. Because if you have something to do, then you can invest in that. You're not worried about who's doing that job and whether they're doing it the way that you would do it. Right? Because you're doing your job. Right? And for, for a moment, let's just think for a matter. It's kind of it's purposeless, isn't it? to criticize the way someone else is doing a job that even maybe perhaps you had a chance to do, but you decide not to do it. Am I making sense? <laughs> there, there isn't anything uh, worse than someone having a great idea how something be done and then giving them the opportunity. Well, then why don't you do that? Then and say, no, I don't want no part of that. Well, help me out here, you know. <clears throat> and so we desire people's involvement because they do add something to the church, the body of Christ but we also invite their involvement because we don't want you to fall into a role of being critical, amen, about what other people are doing or how something is being done. The best way to help change that is to be a part of it. The best way to change that is be a part of that. Romans chapter 16 and verses 1 and 2. And I'm also going to read from Colossians. We're kind of turning over the paper. Your new paper will get involved here. And I'm trying to cover a lot of ground here today. Romans 16, verse number 1. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Rome. He says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sincrea, that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a secure, which is a helper of many, and of myself also. The Bible says in Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, And whatsoever ye do, many of you probably have this one to memory, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men. Uh, for that matter, that goes beyond work that you do at the church. That's work that you do in your life at your job. You do it as unto the Lord, all right, not as unto men. A man by the name of James Dietz, uh, he had produced paintings of airplanes and their crews. He's known for this. This is kind of his candy stick that looked so realistic that they looked like photographs. And so his works hang in a lot of different aviation places, aviation galleries in the United States, uh, even has some that's in the Smithsonian Institute. One of the paintings by Dietz is titled "Unsung, Unsung," and it depicts a crew of four mechanics who are working on a dive bomber airplane. They're far below the deck of an aircraft carrier. No one's seeing them. No one knows about them. They're somewhere out in the Pacific during World War II, and they're working on this plane. Uh, their faces are somewhat pale. They're serious looking. There's grease up on their hands and up on their face strewn as he's depicted them in his painting. They're working high, uh, tirelessly to get this plane back up in the air, ready to go back into battle. And uh, we sometimes, he's depicted all these guys. Here they are uh, below deck, others above deck, flying the planes. And a lot of times, performing unnoticed tasks, uh, sometimes as we support the church, and spread the gospel, sometimes uh, that's a difficult place to be in, to serve in a place that is unnoticed. But number one blank on your new sheet is without many volunteers, no church or mission agency, whatever you want to call it, could do its ministry effectively. The church, by and large, this church right here, primarily is run by volunteers. Volunteer people. Most people in this church do not receive a dime. They might receive a thank you every once in a while, a card, maybe a little gift card or something like that. But they don't receive a weekly salary uh, for doing what they do around here. They are volunteers. And we wouldn't be able to do ministry here at this church if it were not for our volunteer basis. Of those that are visible and invisible. Visible and invisible. I told you all before, years ago, before we ever came home, we had a stint of time that we were at uh, Brother Boyd's church, which is HAC. HAC. We just dropped the H and grabbed the F I guess we came home. Uh, HAC Hatchman Apostolic Church. And when we were down there we were in a planning session just like we're getting ready to come into here this weekend with those uh, leaders here of this church. We were in a planning session and we were planning all the dates and scheduling everything for the coming new year and all the hierarchy and the department leaders and officials of the church uh, were there and we were spending a a Friday night and a Saturday doing all of this stuff. And as we were there on Saturday uh, you could hear in the distances (laughs) (laughs) and brother boyd had everybody sitting out now everybody just quiet down right now he said listen to that and so you know what he's doing (laughs) going on and he was pointing out that that was a man in the church that every saturday he'd never been asked to do this but every saturday he showed up at the church and he would have his leaf blower And there was sidewalks that went around the whole perimeter of that church. And down in Florida, there's Spanish moss. It falls off trees and blows everywhere. And so he would go, and he would blow leaves and the Spanish moss and everything off the sidewalks and off the front entrance into the church. And uh, he just brought to our attention, he says, right there, he says, is one of the unsung heroes, he says, of Hatch Bend Apostolic Church. No one ever asked him to do it, but every Saturday he was faithful to be there. (laughs) And with Florida, he could do that all year round. Not have to worry about snow. But nevertheless, he was just doing that. And so he wanted everybody that was there, all these leaders, department heads that were there for planning out next year, here's brother out there blowing off all the moss and make sure that people just had a debris-free sidewalk to walk on Sunday morning. Now, someone says, well, that don't seem like it is something. It's important. That's a great, great face to walk up to a sidewalk on a Sunday morning. There's not debris laying on it. Amen. Amen. So he was contributing to the hoe. When you bowl down to it, what was he doing? Simply helped. And what is that? Serving. What is that? Ministry. He was ministering out there on that sidewalk with his little leaf blower, just blowing the debris off the sidewalk. And so he was just bringing recognition to an unsung hero. The Apostle Paul, he pauses now here in Romans chapter 16. He pauses, and you'll see a different list of names, but he pays some tribute to some of those same types of people, people that are helpers, laborers even then, assisters, workers in the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, this is probably maybe the only place you'll ever see their names mentioned in Scripture. But Paul took some time to mention their name because why? He understood that each one of them, although they may be, quote-unquote, unknown, that they were important to the kingdom of God that their service was important to the church and they, all, they, they aided the church in some way. Blank on your paper is, it's because of their contribution. Their contribution is valuable. Everyone say that with me. My contribution is valuable. Now, here's the thing as far as pastor, okay? I will not remember every time that you've done something. It's just a fact. I will not remember every time you've done something and whatever you have done, it may be overlooked by me. Please chalk it up that he's a human, all right? But remember this. This is the saying that you've been around this church long enough. You know that I constantly say, right? You can probably fill in the blanks. What is it, Brother Malone? Can you? God keeps good records. If you never, if you never, and I hope that we don't do that, but if you never get any type of recognition or a thank you, if you never got any of that, that God keeps good records records of your time, your commitment, your contribution, uh, your efforts, your sacrifices. God keeps good records. And so when we look in Romans 16, this rare and remarkable listing that occurs here, it's here that laborers received a significant, if you will, citation from the Apostle Paul being mentioned in a chapter of the Bible. There's a list, if you would read through them, a list above 25 laborers who many of them, again, receive no other mention in Scripture. For example, Paul referred to Phoebe and said, and here, this is one of your blanks, that she was a succor, which means helper of many. She was a helper of many. Phoebe and the others were essential to the life of the church and the work of the church, simply because they were a helper of many. Now, whenever Paul describes this lady, he describes her primarily with three words, that Phoebe was a sister She was a servant, and she was a secure, which is helper. She was a sister, not by natural birth to the Apostle Paul, but she was a sister by spiritual birth, sister in the Lord, so to speak. She was a servant, again, that general term, that serving, that servant. Uh, She was a minister, if you will. She was one of those that would probably have been waiting on tables if she could have, amen. But then, uh, not only that, and she might have even been able to serve in a higher office, but she's just, just helping many. You know, Uh, I believe this underscores this idea. This is another blank on your paper. Regardless of our labeled office, you know, deacon, church board member, youth pastor, administrator, pastor, uh, janitor. Regardless of our labeled office, we are all still servants. And that was Phoebe. She was a help to many, yet she was still considered a servant. Doesn't matter if you're a pastor, you should still be a servant. It doesn't matter if you put the letters out on the sign, you should still be a servant. It doesn't matter what capacity, what the label of your office is. We are all called to the office, first and foremost, of being servants. Remember last week when we talked about Jesus' last thing he left with his disciples, one of the last things he left with them in washing their feet. He says, as I have done to you, so do likewise. What was he doing? He was taking on the row of a servant, the God of the universe. Jesus robed in flesh. You know, was taken on the role of a servant because essentially that's what we are all called to. The Bible says in Matthew 20 and verse 28, even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, he adds in Matthew 23 and verse 11. This is a some blanks here on your paper, but he that is greatest among you shall be, your servant and so we see jesus christ come down not to be ministered to but to minister amen and he showed himself to be the greatest because he took that role of a servant among his his disciples among the people that he was a teacher and a rabbi to uh, he he took off that robe of distinction and became a servant now the word "succur," or helper it's a key word in romans 16 and verse number two it means simply to help or as your blank Feeling is perhaps it is when we help that we come closest to fulfilling Christ's intentions for our life. Perhaps when we help, we come closest to fulfilling the intentions of Christ for our lives. Phoebe was a servant of the church of Syncrea. She helped many people, the Bible says, in our Colossian text that we had there, our Colossian verse that we had Notice, whenever it started out, it didn't say, and whosoever you are. It said, whatsoever you do. It said, whosoever you are. It said, whatsoever you do, do it, you know, hardly and as unto the Lord. In other words, the emphasis, because he was speaking to the the church at Colossae, he was speaking uh, to these, these members of the church. His emphasis was placed upon not who they were, or if I could say it like this, not what function they served, not what office they had in the church, but the emphasis was placed upon what they did. What they did. And so Paul is commending Phoebe. When he commended her, he's concentrating even more on what she did rather than her office or her title or her label. Uh, he, he talks to her. She was a servant. Amen. A word that has a broad spectrum, of course, but she was a servant. And what she did was help. She helped. Blank on your sheet of paper this morning is this. It is what you do, not who you are, that really matters. And that in context is this, not necessarily who you are, what your title is in the church. It's it's what you do. It's what you do. Romans 16 and verse 12 says, Salute, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Here are some other people that are the lesser knowns. Who labor in the Lord. I mean, when's the last time you just heard a 45-minute Bible study on Tryphena and Tryphosa? No. I mean, if you start to say, name some Bible characters, people saying David and Moses and Abraham. When's the last time you heard someone say, oh, trifena and Tryphosa? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, that's a great one. No. They're the lesser known. They're the young son. But they labored in the Lord. He said, salute, beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. Folks, I couldn't tell you the first thing about Persis. But Paul says, labored much in the Lord. And so... Paul is suggesting to the church, even at Rome, saluting Tryphena, Trifosia, because they labored in the Lord. Persis, however he says, because they labored much in the Lord. And so here's one of your blanks. By virtue of office, some individuals must put forth more effort to contribute to the work of the Lord than do others. In other words, regardless of the extent of their involvement, their labor, not their office, is given Notice. Okay, in the archives of Scripture. So it doesn't mean, I'm not saying that they have to work more because, you know, we don't recognize them. But what I'm saying is this, you're known by your work. You're known by your work, not by your office. You're known by your work. I'm thankful this morning that I can come into a church that has, you know, clean pews and, and during the summer that has cut grass and it's not up, you know, got to wade through, you know, knee-high grass to get to the sidewalk. That'd be horrible. I'd be looking for the eviction notice on the front door. You understand what I'm saying? And so we're thankful for these things. Amen. Look what the scripture says in John 21 and verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself. This is Jesus speaking to Peter. And walkest whither thou wouldest, but when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and shall carry, carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. Verse 20. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's referring to John. Following. Which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Verse 21. Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? So Peter's you know, pointing over at John. What shall, what shall John do, Lord? And Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. So, so the Lord's talking to Peter about the way that he's going to die and honor him in death and follow me. And, and so while he's receiving this invitation and being spoken about, he points to John and says, well, what about John? What's he going to do? The Lord says, hey, if I, if I, if I cause him to tarry even till I come, he said, what's that to you? Follow thou me. In other words, Peter was worried about John. When Peter needed to be worried about Peter. All right? Peter, well, what's John going to do? The Lord says, what's that to you? Let's talk about what you're going to do. Huh? Let's talk about what, what you going to do. And so um, the Lord set a tremendous pattern here for all of us for the rest of the time. And that is, what are you going to do? Not, 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 well, what, what is Sarah Johnson going to do? What's Mike Penrod going to do, Lord? No. We're talking about you, Peter. What are you going to do? All right? And so let, let, let the attention be where, where, where it's right there. So what, you know, ask yourself that question. The Lord says, follow me. Right? That's his plea to Peter. Follow me. So ask yourself this morning, what am I going to do? How am I going to follow the Lord? How am I going to follow the Lord in the body of Christ at FAC? How am I going to contribute in some way? You know, how, how, how can I serve the Lord? Rather than sitting there thinking how, how Joel Jessup is going to serve the Lord. How's Joel going to do it? How's Sharon Roberts going to do it? How, 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 how is Sister Cox going to serve the Lord? Well, no. What, what is Paul McGee going to do? And so we need, to, we need to take all that attention and focus back upon us about what we are, again, going to do. Because, again, the doing is that which is underscored more so than the title, the label, the office. In Luke chapter number 10 and verse number 2, the Bible says, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. We started our last year with the theme of be this year that we're in right now. Be the story. And I told you all, it's one of your blanks. The prayer was not for the harvest. And I think that's so important for that solitary verse. The prayer was not for the harvest because it was truly great. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. But the prayer was that it would send forth labors into where the harvest is. Amen. Amen. And it's not even though there was a lack of manpower, that there was a lack of people. There was just a lack of working people. There was lack of working people. Amen. And to be sent into the harvest. Matthew 20, it relates the story of a householder that went went out at the third hour, the Bible says, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, and the eleventh hour of the day to get laborers to come and work in his vineyard. Each time that he went at these different hours, He's seen others who were standing idle in the marketplace, all right? And I believe, I believe some that, that he went to at the 11th hour were ones that he had seen even at the third hour because he even asked them in, in the parable, he even asked them if they were going to stand there all day idle, all right? So I believe some, whenever he made the call at the third hour, there were some that were standing there. They just didn't heed to the call, and they were still there at the 11th hour, Whenever he made and made the call. And yet, there is no excuse. And yet there was. They, they provided it, or at least tried to. There is excuse, them saying, no man has hired us. Well, I've been here at the third hour. I've been here at the sixth hour. I've been here at the ninth hour. And it's the eleventh hour, and you're saying, no man has hired you. I've made the call at all these different hours. I mean, you didn't come at the third hour when I made the call. And here you are at the eleventh. You're saying, no man hired us. Here's what I believe is part and parcel some of the problem, maybe not all the problem. It's one of your blanks. It's quite a lengthy one. Some people will come when you add, say, hey, uh, there's some help needed. We need some help in around the church. Others want to be asked personally to help. Now, this can be arguable, but this is one reason that I just have down on paper, okay? Some wants to be asked personally because it helps feed their ego or stroke their longing for feeling needed. Now... Don't get me wrong. I'm not necessarily saying that in a condescending way. Everybody wants that feeling to be needed. I don't care who you are, what social class you are. Somewhere along the way, you can deny it as much as you want to. Somewhere along the way, you, you, you like that feeling of being needed. And so where you can make the call to some, hey, we're going to do this. We'd like some help. There's going to be I'll help you. Then there's going to be others that they just love for someone saying, will you help? And they're like, well, sure. I thought you'd never ask. You're like, you just did, you know, but yeah, sure. You know, I thought you'd never ask. They just like to feel as though they're a part of something and that they matter. They matter, and they do. They do matter. Now, we want to get started moving forward something. This is a, a quote by T.F. Tenney. This is so good. He said, yes, God directs our steps. We know that. That's God's word, man. He, he will direct the steps, but our feet have to move first. He'll direct our steps, but our feet have to move first. You're not going to get anywhere in the direction of the step if you don't move. Romans 16 and 2. That you receive her in the Lord, Paul said, as become a saints and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a secure or a helper of many and of myself also. Paul asked the church at Rome to assist her because she had been a help to many, even to him. He says, assist her, because she's helping a lot of people. She's even helped me. One of your blanks says, when you volunteer for the church, you just increase your own support base. Yeah. You just increase your own support base. He says, assist her, because she helped many. You know what what he's saying? He's saying, assist her, because somewhere along the way, I'm sure she's going to help you. Assist her, because she's even helped me. And so all of this, again, reminds us that we are laborers together. No one is on their own little island somewhere, hopefully doing their own little thing. No, we are laborers together in this, right? We're, the Bible even speaks of how, you know, uh, Paulus, right, plants, right? Another waters, God gives the increase. Waters, there's, the Bible even speaks of how sometimes we have reaped where we did not plant. That's us being laborers together. There are many times in evangelism, I went through, preached sermons, seemed like people got the Holy Ghost in the field and got baptized in Jesus' name. That wasn't a result of my preaching. That's because some pastor had been there for however many weeks. Some church had been there planting seed. I just happened to enter in at harvest time. Amen. Just happened to enter in at harvest time. And so we are laborers in this. Together. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 and verse 16, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body. And to the edifying of itself in love. I'm going to read that out of a couple more versions just so people can wrap your mind around the wordiness of what's being said. The New American Standard says, "From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the body, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The new living translation says, "Under his direction." The whole body is fitted together perfectly. Here's one of your blanks. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So as you do what you've been called to do, what you've been gifted with, the talent that you have, you doing that helps us all to mature, helps us all to grow as the body of Christ. Another blank on your paper is we are fitly joined together and compacted and this is just a two letter word by that which every joint supply of. We're compacted by that which every joint. Everybody say every every joint. Got a lot of blanks here. Boom, 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 boom. You ready? Alright. Another blank. The joints are the points of connection between members. The joints are the points of connection between members. And the scripture says there's a supply that one member is to another member at that place of the joints. There is a supply. You give and receive at the place of the joint in the body. You you are influenced. You're influenced by the other member at the place of the joint. That joint causes the body to be fitly joined together and compacted when we are primarily connected to one another now if we had every bone in the body here and just dispersed from one another every member of the body they're just all laid out they're not going to be very beneficial to one another are they you got to have connection points you have have to have connection points for the body can give and receive from each part to one another all right we need that in the church there must be connection points not just not we're not talking about per se uniformity but we are talking about unity All right. Uniformity is everybody being the same. Unity is different things that can come together and have connection points. Amen. For the overall purpose of the body. Amen. This is another blank. In addition, what each member supplies at the joints causes the body. Notice the body, not a member to grow. So it's not like, you, you know, it's not like the hand receives something from the forearm and then the hand just, you know, gets better as a result of that. The whole body benefits as a result of it. And ultimately, for the body of Christ, when we're talking about the body of Christ, and we're not just talking about blood and nerves and things of that nature, when we talk about the body of Christ, anything that a member in the body of Christ supplies, any joint that supplies something to another member in the body of Christ. Ultimately, we know its source is the head. The Bible says that Christ is the head of his church. And so what Christ has given to you, whether it be a gifting, whether it be a talent, might be different than what he gave Brother Terry as far as a gifting or a talent. But here's the awesome thing. It benefits, though, all of us. Although a certain gifting or talent may be given to Brother Terry, I benefit from his because we're a part of the same body. And it's beneficial then to... All of us, when we come together and we have those points of connection. All right. We have those points of connection. You know what happens in those times? He's able to supply what I lack. And I am maybe even able to offer something that he lacks. And we are made whole as a result of our connection. Amen. Amen. We are made whole as a result of our connection. And so, yes, we need each other, and every part does matter. Amen. Not only is every ministry important or every servant, might you say, important, but each ministry is interdependent. They depend on one another. Uh, Whenever Elijah went to, to Zarephath, he needed the widow woman to bring him some food, although it was the last that she had. But she needed Elijah to bring her family some hope. They, they each had something to contribute. They received from one another. They helped one another. As a result, there's an overall success for that whole scenario. And so I want everybody to know here today, on the heavy side, on the left, and the light side, on the right, amen, that every part matters. Every one of you matters. Whatever your ministry may be that you are in right now or perhaps you're looking to get in, that your part matters. You need to know that. And it's not just for your sake. That's the big thing. I'm not, just, I'm not just becoming involved in this so I can then have the label. It's not just for my sake. Whenever I serve in the capacity of the church, it's for the sake of everybody that's a part of the church. Amen. Overall, this is one of your blanks. No ministry is independent of the others. I might should have rephrased that and said no ministry should be independent because some try to be those independent. It shouldn't be. It should be independent of others. The other blank is there is no single ministry in God's church. That can accomplish everything that God has called the church to do, right? Your lungs can't deal with the air and also pump blood like the heart huh? and be the pancreas and small and large intestines and do that job. Whew, that would be one mess of an organ if it tried to function. It can't. Not one single thing can do what is needed overall, everything. And so that's where we have our differences. That's where we have serving in these different capacities. We got to depend on one another. We got to cooperate. Huh? Cooperate with one another. So, you, and here's the thing. You just can't say you're not a part of the body and that be true. Right? We read that in scripture. You know, the, 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 the ear can't say it's not a part. No, no. You can't disassociate yourself from the body. All right? Look, if you will, I got that little thing there for you, a little page. Did we have any of those extra, the broken key? Anybody, do we have any extras? Your brain does awesome things. You'd be able to read this with no problem. But a broken key, even though my typewriter is a node model, it works quite well except for one of the keys. I have many times wished that it worked perfectly. It is true that there are 41 keys that function well enough, but just one key not working makes this makes the difference sometimes it seems to me that our church is something like my typewriter not all the key people are working properly as one of them you may say to yourself well I am only one person I don't make or break the church but it does make a big difference because a church to be effective needs the active participation of every person so the next time your efforts are not needed very much, remember my typewriter and say to yourself, I am a key person in the congregation and I am needed very much. This is what happens to the whole church. And multiply this by many times, the whole thing just does not make sense. Beloved, don't be like a broken key. Now, we read that pretty well because I bring does some masterful things, but still, you know, you kind of struggle a little bit. Yes, the X is an E, the X is an E, right? But imagine if, you know, we missed maybe four or five other keys that were uh, important to writing this paragraph, and it would maybe not get read as a result of it. What I'm getting is this. You can't disassociate yourself from the body. Your part matters. Now, you might not use X and Z and some of these other cues very often, but whenever you want them, honey, they're important, right? Acts 27 and verse number 16 and running under a certain island, which is called Clada, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used this is one of your blanks, they used helps, undergirding the ship, I think it is, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strake sail, and so were driven. This is the story in Acts 17. Paul is on a vessel. He is as a prisoner. He's with like 276 uh, people overall that's on this vessel. Uh, tempestuous waves and it's just going up and down and they're feeling like they are in much danger. And so they begin to, by much work, Uh, help the boat, they were going to put what they called helps or undergirding the ship to keep it from just falling apart out here on the water with the waves and the wind and so they had a procedure that would happen they would pass ropes under the ship uh, to hold it together it's known as frapping they put that underneath there, Frap is just a nautical term. It means to, to tie down or to latch down together. And so in the middle of this storm, they're being crashed by the waves. The thing that's going to come apart, they wrap these cables under the hull of the ship and they, they wince them tight down to keep those boards, because he's just talking about old ships, to keep that old wooden board just tight to help support her better in the, 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 the waves that's hitting it and the wind that's going, so that she can withstand what is going on. And so I say all that to say this, from time to time, all of us encounter some quote-unquote unexpected storms, even the church as a whole expects some unexpected storms, and what we need is, is the helps, the undergirding, if you will, in, in, in Paul, for the ship, it's the cables, but in real life, it's people, the undergirding, if you will, the helpers to support us and keep things together when things could very easily fall apart, and You know, at some times, those helps may be the Brenda Wendells and the Mike and Brenda Trouts. But tomorrow, tomorrow the help that may be needed may be the Rhonda Penrods and the Mariah McGee's and the Pat Dykusses because you all each have something to offer that's different from the other. And it's according to wherever we are in that point of time that declares what helper we need. So there's, there's, there's numerous people, when we get back to Phoebe here in Romans 16, there's numerous scholars that assert that, that Phoebe delivered this letter in person to the church at Rome, which is, is, is something to give consideration to because if this is true, and it is plausible, but if it, if it is true, one wonders if Sister Phoebe, if I can call her that, Sister Phoebe, wonder, it makes you wonder if she had any idea that she was being used by God. As a vessel to possibly transport one of the books of the Bible. Considerable book at that, the book of Romans. Great epistle that everybody loves and reads and pours over even today. Wonder if she even knew that she was being used by God in that moment. One of your blanks. What you do may seem simple. But perhaps you don't understand the magnitude of what you're doing. Hmm. Have you ever said, well, I just, and then you fill in the blank, that's what I do. I just da-da-da-da, right? Because we play it off as, it's not much, it's simple. But what if, like Phoebe, you're you're transporting a letter here, it's like no big deal. But for years of time removed, and it's been read over and over again, it's for the church at Rome, and we have all then read it as well, she didn't really, if she did carry it, didn't understand perhaps the magnitude of what she was really doing in that moment of just being a quote-unquote Helper, Brother Zach, a servant. She may have been carrying, by all appearances to herself, just a Carmen piece of parchment, you know what I'm saying? Just a piece of parchment. He wrote on it, wanted me to take it, no big deal. But as she was doing that, maybe even as Paul asked her to, to carry this, God was using her as a vehicle to provide detailed instructions found in the book of Romans about how the church at Rome could maintain and obtain their new salvation experience written among those pages. Oh, I'm just carrying something that Paul wrote. No, it goes bigger than that. You're carrying something that Paul pinned down while being inspired by the Holy Ghost. Too right. I don't know if you understand the magnitude of what you're serving in right now, Phoebe, but she had a heart to serve much and often. Hebrews chapter number six, and I'm going to close today if you'll stay with me. Hebrews chapter number six, and verse number ten, and eleven. These two verses of scripture have been—they have been kind scriptures to me. I oftentimes go back to them and read them, or when I read my Bible through in a year and I come up on them, I always just pause and consider them again. But this is for anybody here serving in any type of capacity, ministering, if you will, serving. The Bible says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shewed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. This is one of your blessed blanks. And we desire that every one of you do shew the same diligence to the full assurance of of hope unto the end. You know what the writer of Hebrews is saying? We don't want you to never stop being a servant. We don't want you to ever stop serving. Always find some place, some area that you can serve. He says we want you to shew forth the same diligence even until the end, all right? that you can be consistent with your life in some area of serving and being a joint that's supplying to somebody else because overall the church needs to grow by your help and by your contribution. Don't, don't let it even, can, can I even say to our elders, your way of serving may be different than what it was 20 years ago. But don't let it be absolute. Don't let it be just totally non-existent. All right? That you would be diligent diligence same diligence to the full assurance of the hope now you might not be able to do it you know uh, sister margaret she would be a great example used to you know work day she was right in there she's clean and she's got rags she's doing all this stuff what she can she can't do that anymore but you know what she does usually here faithfully now for the past few years we have work day she shows up she brings breakfast she has made breakfast for us all at times what is she doing she's trying to show forth the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. She says I can't get on the ladder and, and and you know reach over there in the corner anymore but I can talk to the boys and say boys help me carry in some eggs and some gravy and some biscuits and she's here for a few moments she fellowships with everybody and, and she goes home that's a good sister Phoebe that's just helping where she can just helping where she can because she's always helped where she could Amen. You know what? We benefit from that. (laughs) The body benefits from that, Kevin. Amen. gives us some energy for the day to have that protein and be able to go on our way. Her part matters. So don't think just because you became an age that your part no longer matters or that there isn't a part for you. There is. We can figure it out. Sister Jessup, just this week I got a card from her in the mail saying happy anniversary. How many has ever got a card from Sister Jessup? you've been a part of this church for any time, every hand is going up. Because on your birthday, your anniversary, sometimes those that have missed church, I never, listen to me, I've never asked Sister Jessup to do that. Never. I have never asked her to do that. She did it on her own. She just started doing it. She'd start coming whenever Sister Penrind was back there. She'd start asking addresses for this one, that one, the other. She'd send it. We didn't, we'd never bought one card for her to my knowledge. She always found them somehow. I think we had some extras we kind of gave to her because they just sat back there anyway. And she's done it all on her own. What is that? That's saying, you know what? I can do, I can do something. I, I can do something. I'm going to pick up. I'm just going to scroll a few little names down. Just say, hey, the FAC Church, remember you, Sister Jessup, whatever, da-da-da-da. And we've had different ones that show up, amen, that haven't been here in a while. That's, that's man, good to see you. Well, you know, I got, I got a card from that, uh, that lady. You know, I got a card from somebody from the church. You know who they're talking about? They're talking about Sister Jessup. They're talking about Sister Jessup. Amen. Now, some, I know you all know she did that because you got a card from her. But outside of that, no one sees her put that stamp on there. She does, she, we do not provide the stamp. She does that. No one puts no one i've I've never been here been in her house to see her write that down although invisible she's a joint that supplies to this body we're thankful for can we just bow our heads across this place today god we need you this morning these altars are open god we need you today god let it be instilled in the hearts and the minds of the people lord of this congregation lord that their part matters Lord and if they don't have Lord Jesus per se a part or need some help or guidance or direction to find him, God what that is God I pray oh Lord help us God to be eager Lord to mentor or help or give direction and guidance I pray oh Lord today God we don't want to dissociate ourselves from the body we don't want the Lord God to be working Lord Jesus independent because we are codependent Lord we're interdependent we depend on each other God and as the Lord we supply what we give Lord it could be what someone else lacks and as an overall Lord we are made whole and there is a a good growth Lord that happens Lord for the overall body of Christ as each one does Lord according to their gifting and talent although they might downplay those things and say well it's no gift or talent but yes it is important to the kingdom of God I pray oh Lord thank these people Lord God Lord that continuously Lord Jesus given their time and their ability their sacrifice those things seen and unseen those things known and unknown those things Lord verbally appreciated and underappreciated I pray oh God the unsung heroes the Lord Jesus of the church I pray oh God that supply God that all of us Lord Jesus benefit Lord God from these things I pray oh Lord today God it is your church God we are many members but we are one body I pray oh Lord today God let the servants Lord the ministers Lord of this congregation God that we would help aid one another help us Lord to undergird Lord this body as we receive our direction and our guidance from the Lord I pray oh God today. Today, we want to continue, Lord, in the same vein of diligence until you come, Lord. God, we know, Lord, your coming is soon. And, God, we want to be busy, Lord. We want to be occupying ourselves about our Father's business. Uh, I pray, oh, God, today, Lord, help us to do so. Lord, the young and the old alike. Lord, every age in between. The spectrum, Lord, of ages. The spectrum, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, of abilities and talents. I pray, oh, God, that we can just, Lord, extend them to you, Lord and say God if I can be of some use if I can be of some use Lord I want to be of some use Lord to your kingdom I want to make my contribution to the kingdom of God Lord use me Lord use me Lord in whatever respect or aspect God that you shall and can, oh Lord for it does matter it is important it is vital Lord Jesus to the overall Lord God condition of the body of Christ I love you Jesus I love you Jesus I love you Jesus